start. I am going live now. Check, check. We've got everything. So, so <clears throat> I want to say a special welcome to everyone to the, from the podcast. From us here at Res, I'd like to uh, wish everyone a good, you know, good time since we last spoke. And happy Halloween. We're doing our special today in which we'll be delving into some horror aspects. We'll be talking about our own experiences, streaming some scary stories, and hopefully just having a, you know, a good chill time on this time of horror and such. And here I am joined with the one and only, uh, Zazel. Zazel, say hi. Oh, well, uh, most of you know me already by Trey and everything, so... Mm-hmm. Welcome, let's get some spooky times going, get some spooky tunes, spooky ambience. All that jazz. Yeah, sir, yeah, sir. And then also, our special guest today is the one and only Hostile X. What's up, everyone? Oh, Hostile X. I believe this is your first time on the podcast, yes? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to you introduce yourself? Uh, <clears throat> I'm Hostile. Um, I mean, I really don't know what else to really say about myself. Well, well, like, uh, you know, what are your hobbies? Like, what games do you play? You know, do you I think uh, Pepsi or Coke? You know, just, you know, some, like, nice I mean, uh, I, I, I mainly play on Xbox. I mean, I play Call of Duty, uh, FIFA, and all those games. I mean, I mean, add me on Xbox. I'm always down to play. <laughs> Gamer, indeed. All right. So, as I mentioned before, on this episode, on this special, or the Halloween special, as we're calling it, we'll be delving into some horror aspects. And we'll be telling, talking about past horror, present horror, and what, you know, just some random stories we come up with. SCP-096. <laughs> you know, stuff like that a little bit. We're going over a lot of horror stories today. Yazzer, Yazzer. And, you know, since uh, your boy here, Hostile, did mention, you know, gaming, I want to talk about my opinion. One of the, uh, some games that uh, really bring horror a new aspect right and what better game to talk about than well the game right <laughs> welcome to welcome the game to the game yeah, yeah well, as most of y'all can definitely see on the stream my uh, profile pic comes from the game it's when you're getting attacked by you know ddos attacks and stuff like that it's not necessarily like showing realistic uh, situation stuff it's just like little puzzle games and you know all that jazz it's really all mm-hmm. it is but there's a the game puts a view shines a light on like browsing dark web and everything it's like a some people call it the dark web simulator but it's like <laughs> it's very creepy because you gotta manage a lot you um the first one it's not really much to look out for but the second one there is but there's also much more ways to hide and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i be, i barely could even get through the first one I always wanted to play them but that game and some others are just like there's so like there's so much fear that comes from them and it's just like you're anticipating something to happen you hear something and you're thinking oh god oh god do i gotta do because um in the early in the game you're told how to prevent these situations and everything and how to hide yourself and stuff like that but you never know if like if it's a cue that you need to worry about or anything like that because uh i know in the first one it's kind of unrealistic unrealistic little setting not gonna lie 
You're not. You're going around just the dark web. You're not going to be in a suburb neighborhood with your windows open, <laughs> and you're not going to yeah, do it. With the, and you're not going to do it with the lights on. You're definitely not going to have that computer and broad view of the street. To be fair, <laughs> I just over here like, oh yeah, guys, don't worry. Um, you know, you can see through my window. I'm obviously doing like something on dark web, and don't worry, I'm not gonna like shut any curtains or anything. Yeah, the one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when, when I streamed it, the one website that got me was European Firearms, AK-47s oh and stuff. I got on that to get hacked, and then the breather was coming out. A bunch of kidnappers was outside my house and everything. I literally <laughs> was got literally in a sense of getting raided. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think what I find most interesting about that game is most definitely like the uh, setting, right? Because some, you know some games like uh, they just like like to like feed off the whole idea of jump scares, like ooh you turn this corner and oh right. But I feel like uh, Welcome to the Game has like a different type of uh, fear involved with it, right? Something that some games try to do and just can't like, you know commit to it, right? It's like uh, the tension rising and the fear that, you know, something is most definitely going to happen, but you don't know when, right? It's very anxiety-driven, and it's probably why I think it's probably one of the most uh, interesting indie titles out there. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely, like, shine a light on, like, a lot of stuff, too, and everything. It's almost in a realistic format as well. Like very, like it, it's almost pretty much in a very realistic format, like with everything that happens and such. Cause, honest, cause uh, that's one of the things uh, about the first one kind of shows. You don't really take like the second one. You can take a lot of precautions to hide yourself, like VPNs and stuff. But in the first mm -hmm. one, you can't. Mm. But I know, like when you read all these spooky stories and horror stories, especially when it comes to the deep and dark web, a lot of times there are people that don't know anything about computers and stuff like that like you go on youtube right now and, and you'll see a bunch of dark web stories where people are watching like red room type stuff oh, and then no. <clears throat> and the story don't end really in there what happens the story ends is when a family member or someone goes live because they end up having their information leaked and everything oh my gosh and that's why it's also like uh like that stuff can actually happen like when you're on the dark web there's so many different links like you click on one thing like you never know what it can do. I've been told mm -hmm. by many black hats. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about white hats or gray hats or anything. I've been told by black hats themselves. And it's on most of their hacking websites and everything. You have to be extremely careful what you click on the dark web. Yeah, because, like, there, it's really like a, like a walking through a landmine field or something like that. Yeah, you're basically walking through a landmine. Also, have you ever, like, played... Welcome to the game or see anything about it? Never. This is the first time I've even <laughs> So, um, remember, uh, so, you know, we talked about, you know, in the past, like, about, like, security issues and stuff like that. Welcome to the game basically does what the general populace fears about the internet and, uh, does it tenfold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the first one, your actual objective is finding the red room. It's yeah, a, which... <laughs> which is basically, uh, like, that's an actual real thing, too. You basically, your th your goal is to sit there and try to find Red Room, which is a live video feed of people being tortured and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's really, uh, <laughs> it's really something. Yeah, I heard about the Red Room. I watched videos on YouTube about it. 
but it's you know but 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 the thing is not a lot of times though um most of the stuff like the red room and everything will actually make its way to the surface web because a lot mm-hmm. of times you'll, you'll even see Facebook groups and everything. I've been in some of those. Discord oh itself. Discord's actually been a hub, basically. the very, th- you Basically, I consider Discord the very thin lines between the surface web and the dark web. Yeah, I've like, seen, this- seen lots of shit on Discord itself. Like, <clears throat> like you know, we're, me and you, we're in the hack the box. That's like white hat stuff and everything. It's not necessarily like, you know, when people think hackers, they always think dark web and shit. It's not really yeah. the case. But you actually, like... You know where to look to find these type of servers and everything. I remember finding servers. You have people's credit card information just posted everywhere. Some oh were God. given, some were given for free, some were for sale. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's definitely something. Uh, oh, freaky! Because oftentimes you go on YouTube and you know some stories are exaggerated, right? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, reading this one specific story, especially uh, about you know red rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, you know someone was like uh, being like very cocky or whatever, and they're like, "Haha, you know I'm the best hacker. You know I I can do whatever. I have a VPN and stuff like that, right?" But then yeah. you know, sometimes you know uh, pride and what whatnot, right, can lead to one's downfall. And um, in this story, this guy's you know downfall led to that, right? As he was like browsing the, I think it was deep web. He soon stumbled upon like a little breadcrumbs of like information leading to you know from like website to website until he got to what he called uh the black box right and this black box had like a, a secret code or something and you know this guy being as prideful as he was he was like you know i'm gonna I'm a, I'm a crack this code right i'm gonna I'm see what's inside or something right and you know after i think he mentioned it was like days or something i'm trying to like break into it I'm trying to like refine his place back because you know sometimes links change and whatnot um he eventually got to it and what he found is essentially like you mentioned a red room right where rich people or you know what he says rich people come into these rooms and just like you know watch people just get murdered and like for fun like like a live streaming service kind of so i feel like yeah some of the stories about you know dark web and stuff are exaggerated but you know it's freaky out there just like thinking oh shit you know some of these people could be experiencing this stuff or like these things could be happening in real life so you know it's fine like <laughs> i don't know it's fun weird at least uh thought provoking yeah yeah there's a lot of stories that pretty much originate from the dark web itself like there's going to be continuously be more because a lot of people's going to something's going to come out and a lot of people's going to make a lot of fear and stories from it like you know there's a lot of stuff like creepy possible related that actually gets basically twisted sure. i want to say twisted but it's like referenced and everything and like a m- bunch of stories as well that people make up i don't know for sure you know speaking of creepy possible i feel like on the internet that's like the birth of like a lot of these like uh you know like internet stories or whatnot right mm-hmm i cost have you ever heard have you ever seen creepypastas or something like that uh i i've watched a couple of them i watched the spongebob one. Oh my <laughs> i mean Yo. i watched like the basic ones i'm not really into those but i like know of them like the, oh, man. the siren head and all that oh hey so i guess i gotta we got story time for you hey 
Actually, speaking about the SpongeBob <laughs> one, apparently uh, it actually got referenced in like an official material or something. <laughs> Are we talking about fucking Patrick? Like, I think it's a Squidward one, no? No, yeah, there was. One. There, there's. I definitely remember there was one about Patrick. Like, it was actually taking a twist on like what Patrick actually is because starfish are supposed to regenerate. They can multiply themselves oh, and yeah. everything. And oh, basically, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and basically he like almost kills everybody, and it's up to Sandy and Squidward and Mr. Krabs mm -hmm. to fu to finally take him down. Yeah, that one was freaky. <laughs> I remember the Simpsons one. They had one with the Simpsons. Hey, hey, hey. But yeah, I mean, I guess uh, since the setting behind us kind of hints at this, I feel like the most infamous one, or at least the one I feel like has the most presence over, you know, the creepy pasta genre, is most definitely, you know, Slenderman, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Which, you know, I find like quite interesting. I was talking to, you know, my boy uh, Iron Daddy about this the other day, Connor. About how, like, uh, the idea of a Slender Man, you know, and, you know, hindsight, you know, it's kind of like crazy, right? Like, a tall figure hiding in the foggy woods or something, like, taking people or something. But that's kind of, like, crazy how, like, actual, like, how impacted it has been on, like, the world around us, right? Because not only do you feel like main, like, creepypasta that people, like, kind of talk about when they mention the genre... But also have like three real life cases in which, you know, like crimes have been committed, apparently in honor of Slenderman, which you know is crazy. You'd be like, what would you do if you were walking in the fucking woods and saw some like tall dude <laughs> standing in there? He's like, hey guys, uh, don't look at me, don't mind me, you know. <laughs> just just vibing with the boys, you know, hunting trip. It becomes foggy. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, speaking of the fog, there's like a lot of creepy possible when it comes to like, you know, foggy environments and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know that's also Siren Head's uh, typical environment is like foggy, like marshlands and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'd probably shit my pants if I ran into that. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just imagine just walking through the woods, it's foggy and you just hear like a radio. So, mm -hmm. You know one. You know one of the interesting things about Siren Head as well is uh, mm -hmm. is the fact that if uh, if you have been eaten by Siren Head, it can copy your voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Didn't like, they have a movie about Siren Head or something? No. There's a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that about them. Like it's mm -hmm. a lot of them are actually really good too. Um, yeah, I noticed. Uh, Fallout 4. I thought about trying it myself. There's been a lot of horror mods that's been going up there. It's like Especially Silent Hill. <laughs> like, there's one that basically is. It's like Silent Hill, but like very, very dark. It adds like a lot of monsters. It adds like this little girl. If y'all ever saw Grave Encounters, uh, the little girl that goes chasing them in uh, one of the scenes, there's like a little girl that like turns in that face and everything that can follow you around and oh, piss wow. her off. It basically is like fucking hell on earth. <laughs> and, oh, you, I fucking ran. What was that shit you showed me? That what was the last month of Zizu? Uh, was it Hills Have Eyes? I don't think I ever showed you Hills Have Eyes. You showed me a. <laughs> you showed me like a, a part of a movie. I can't remember what it was. They were like in a church, and 
Oh, oh, he's oh, uh, Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill, oh, yeah. Silent Hill, no, Silent Hill, yeah, that movie and everything, uh, especially the pyramid head, pyramid head scene, and everything where rips her skin off and everything just throws it at the door. Uh, when I first saw that, I was like, "What the hell are you showing me?" <laughs> yeah, what the hell is this? Hey, <laughs> hey, it's uh, you can go watch it any time. I mean, no, actually, actually speak. I want to go ahead and read a little bit about Pyramid Head, because hey, not many people really know his origin story, even though it's literally on, uh, basically, like, it's on Dead by Daylight and everything. There's like a whole thing, but so most of the people probably know that Silent Hill is basically all in their head. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's just basically one wild ass dream. And you know, typically they have many different uh, endings and such like that, but let's go more about Silent Hill 2, because the one from Silent Hill 2 to your origin of Pyramid Head, that was, he, he went in the executioner of the cold, as other lore has says, but in that, he is basically the, the guy, main character's judgment. And, a, and another uh, messed up thing to think about, Pyramid Head is what made him come to realization it was basically Pyramid Head and the Silent Hill was helping him in a way to mm. come to his realization that he, you know, not going to really try to spoil it even though it's a fucking 20-year-old game. The man can, <laughs> most of, if you actually uh, play the games or just read about them, you'll realize that most of the main characters actually do something fucked up. And that's mm -hmm. why they get sent to Silent Hill. It's basically Silent Hill in a way is punishment. Mm -hmm. But I'll read a little bit about Pyramid Head. You know, he is the most well-known enemy of the uh, Silent Hill franchise. He's very popular in Dead by Daylight. He's muscular humanoid wearing what resembles a white butcher's apron and rubber gloves. Uh, sometimes it's different. Uh, gets his name from the rusty pyramid-shaped helmet fused to its head with a single small hole in the upper side. Carries an oversized weapon, usually a spear or a large knife. He mostly uh, lore consists of the large knife. Silent Hill 2, it's mostly... Uh, the spear but apparently there are multiple uh, exist but you know Silent Hill 2 it's supposed to be the dream even though there is multiple in the dream um, but Pyramid Head personifies as James's guilt over suffocating his own wife oh and and everything so Pyramid Head basically reminds him of what he did to his wife if, uh, if you remember when we I played Silent Hill 2 showing you the gameplay and everything you might remember the beginning how the uh, introduction started so basically you end up finding that out in Silent Hill 2 but uh, obviously when we were also playing there's a scene that Pyramid Head was sexually assaulting one of the other monsters which nope. that that monster was called uh, uh, I can't remember what it was called the line figure they were like you know the little mannequins are called the line figure there's actually stories about them too like a lot of monsters and Silent Hill all have a story and the reason they're there but uh, Pyramid Head is basically like was supposed to be like in Silent Hill 2 it's supposed to be a mirror to James dark nature so that's why uh, a lot of times like in the game you'll see like a lot of uh, stuff where he's killing like his family members and people he loves and everything even though like I said it is a dream but he's like a pun Pyramid Head uh, resides as a Punisher and a Truth Bringer, pretty much out throughout Silent Hill 2. Mm -hmm. But the actual one that's considered like 
the executioner there's many many much more lore about them and it's more fucked up than what the one in Silent Hill 2 is man it's kind of crazy because <laughs> um, I really should have played the Silent Hill series I know it's been on my list but I kind of wish there was a remaster or something but no when you showed me those like the gameplay of that I was like oh my gosh yeah no the, the idea of like some like uh, ghostly pyramid headed digger chasing you all the while you're trying to like uh, you're realizing that this is basically what you fucking did in like the real life I don't know it's definitely you know <laughs> something Mm-hmm. in your opinion uh, since we're on the Silent Hill franchise what's your favorite one my favorite Silent Hill probably too that's mostly for yeah. everybody that's because it has the most horror and the best pretty much a good story a lot of people right. tend also like 3 and never really got to try it yet that's mm -hmm. where you get to play as Cheryl Mason but uh the one I did like for a while was Homecoming because I liked the combat in it and everything and, a lot, and it had a lot more monsters which I can actually go over some of them like some of those monsters and everything definitely has some dark, very very dark lore and Homecoming also going back to what I was saying about Pyramid Head uh, that in that Pacific universe um, Pyramid Head is known as the executioner of the cult and everything and there is an actual ending in Homecoming where the main character becomes one of the Pyramid Heads oh wow mhm mm <laughs> I really gotta play that series now. <laughs> well, Homecoming on, um, you definitely might mostly want an Xbox or something to play Homecoming because the P uh, Steam port is really, really not good at all. And now I'm sad again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And if you're trying to look for the original copies of like one, two, and some others are really, really hard to come by, like hundreds sure. of dollars. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot that could be really go, goes on about Silent Hill. Silent Hill's definitely brought in a lot of uh, different types of genres and stuff like that. Speaking you know, going back, going back, yeah, you know, going back to Creepypasta, it's like Siren Head's basically kind of like stories originates from like the environment of Silent Hill and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I found like the I found like the origin of Siren Head actually like interesting in itself, right? Because mm -hmm. it's uh, unlike like you know creepy pastas like you know Slenderman, Jeff the Killer, you know, all that stuff. Eyeless Jack. Siren Head, yeah, Eyeless Jack. Siren Head didn't necessarily start out as a story. It started out more like a like just part of like a series of like horror art made by the by its artist, right? But like uh, as as he started doing more art, like there was like a lot of like uh, like people talking amongst themselves, like what, about this like uh, ghastly, tall, slender figure hiding in the background of pictures, just standing there as a natural, and like fear and like talking about like uh, how like the noises it would make and stuff like that, right? And you know, I feel like it's one of those things that time, even like without the power of the creator, kind of like Slender Man, I guess in a way. It just kind of evolved and it became something more than, you know, just Siren Head. Soon we started, like, seeing all these, like, ominous, like, pictures, like, uh, and, like, uh, what do you call it? Fan-made videos of, like, expand on, you know, the Siren Head lore and stuff. 
I think oh, I've yeah. seen the uh, one where he does the uh, <laughs> floss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the stories are definitely like very, very interesting. That comes from Creepypasta. Like, there's a lot, like, when it comes to it, there's really a lot of fandoms out there. Like, like I was saying, Silent Hill and Creepypasta's kind of different. Even though a lot of people, there's like a lot of people to, like, today that still literally, like, worship, in a sense, I would say worship, but you, you get the idea of the old Silent Hill games. Like, a lot of people still glorify them and everything to this day. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, the creators and everything came up with something brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want like you gotta look at like freddy krueger and you know jason and also uh those type of killers yeah because like in each other own way you know even after what 20 10 30 years these are like still iconic halloween characters and stuff like that exactly i don't say like just halloween just horror in general right Mm-hmm. actually i feel like um, I mean, in your opinion, what's the what's the best? Uh, what do you think would win in a fight? <laughs> Who? Jason or Freddy? I know oh, it's no. been done before, but <laughs> oh, no, I'm mistaken. They already did the movie. Yeah, I understand would believe Jason anyway because it shows no remorse. Mm-hmm. Like they could do it again, because uh, because te technically speaking, I don't think there's a movie about Freddy Krueger coming back from hell. Yeah. And uh, like you actually read the lore, like Jason and everything. He he's more than just a fucking serial killer. Like he is basically a demon himself, and you know Freddy Krueger is too. But you get the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I read, I used to read a lot of books. Like even like when it comes to like devil worshiping and stuff like that, a lot of people even tend to believe like there's a hierarchy amongst de demons itself. So. You know, let's say in a realistic scenario, if you, all that was an actual thing, mm -hmm. I think Jason would definitely take the uh, take the key. He'll definitely he'll definitely uh, pretty much. What's the word? Succeed over Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he'll fuck up some bitches. I was just thinking that, yo, you ever seen those, like, memes on, like, Facebook or whatever where, like, they have, like, all the Chucky and, like, um, the, what's the clown from it? Pennywise. Oh, uh, Pennywise, yeah. And, all, like, all those, like, Jason and Michael Myers and all those, like, they should make, like, a movie with, like, all of them, like, all together. Like a battle and, royale? <laughs> well, I guess. I don't know. I'm, like, either they team up or they're, like, going against each other. I mean, that would be pretty dope. Ooh, sure. There's an actual issue with that, and that's mostly uh, copyright. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what if uh, Dead by Daylight ever did become like a battle royale? You could just see like killers like going against each other, and <laughs> I mean they already have like the license for most of them, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine like. Uh, yeah, that's what happened to Friday the Thirteenth game. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be an interesting concept, like a battle, battle to become the best uh, slasher villain. <laughs> yeah, that game was actually good. It just 
copyright fucked the developers and everything really bad. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you can't like help or whatever. But I guess SS look ass, right? It is what it is. So, as we keep moving on, um, you know, we talked about a lot of like, you know, horror and media and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. I think one of the most interesting, you know, more contemporary horror, you know, it's not necessarily new, but it is, I feel like it's had, it's had a big upsurge in popularity recently. And I want to talk about SCP. Yeah, SCP, SCP, Foundation SCP Foundation, yeah, especially like a lot of games, that's actually something Markiplier and PewDiePie used to play a lot, was the uh, mm -hmm. containment games and stuff like that. That's yeah. what, like, uh, that's also one of the fandoms that started uh, rising up along with Creepypasta, like Slenderman, uh, Jeff the Killer, Oz Jack and everything, they all pretty much came, started coming really popular around the same time. Yeah. But SCP... SCP is like the fandom is actually really really interesting like you got people that's like making like continuous YouTube videos about all the SCPs like they'll go through all of them there's thousands of these figures and everything and like there's like an actual ranking system amongst like the fandom itself because like there's a thing called the O5 Council like that's an actual legit thing yeah <laughs> And it's really interesting because, like, uh, these are all, like, curated, like, just, like, people actually have authors to them, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, some of these authors, like, make something that, like, impacts the, you know, not just SCP itself. Yeah, Phthonus. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it also, like, affects, like, other things in media. Like, I remember when Control first came out, our friends were telling me, yo, it's just, like, SCP. I was like, wait, what's that? <laughs> right? I was like, mm -hmm. confused, like, oh, what's SCP? You know, what, what's this thing everyone's telling me about? Like, I know Control's like this big, like, popular game, but what's this SCP foundation that people keep talking about? And, you know, I dipped my toes in a little bit. You know, I learned a little bit about the original, you know, SCP-173, the peanut, or I guess lots of a peanut now, right? Yep. And, you know, I remember, like, reading, seeing those videos from, like, uh, like you said, Markiplier, you probably jacksepticeye play it and i was like oh you know that's cool i guess that's something yeah but yeah Pe peanuts all always been most mem memorable because you look you blink one second your neck's neck is going to be snapped exactly <laughs> i remember he he was the one that gave pewdiepie a lot of trouble <laughs> uh what's the other one 106 i think it was the brave the old man oh yeah 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 oh my gosh yeah. Yeah, that was one that used, they started adding to a lot of their games and get, making very much a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. I remember playing Secret Laboratories, and when I first saw the old man, like, aha, you know, you're you're a loser, you're stuck behind a wall, calling for him to, like, <laughs> walk right through it and take me to his dimension, man, that was, that was an experience. The pocket dimension? Yeah. <laughs> you should have yeah. never talked shit. I should never talk. Yeah. No. Well, well, speaking of uh, secret laboratory and everything, there's one SCP that's almost literally hard to take down. Mm. Like talking almost two teams of MTF itself, shy guy. Oh, the sh zero nine six. Yep, zero nine SCP zero nine six. Actually, I want to read a little bit about him real quick, so give a little insight about this guy. So. 
it is said about uh, SCP-096. If you look at a picture, like an actual picture that's not modified in any any way, if you look at a picture or take a glimpse at him, it don't even matter if it's a millisecond, he will come and hunt you down and kill you. That's basically mm -hmm. how this SCP works. Like you cannot see his face at all. Mm -hmm. Hence the name Shy Guy. Oh, mm. like the Shy Guy in the. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. And but, what's uh, interesting about this one specifically is it doesn't even have to be like an exact picture. I can just be a pixel of his face, and that's enough to trigger what uh, I guess most people call it the frenzy. Yeah, you cannot see any photos, video, or recordings of the of the likeness of 096 because mm -hmm. it don't matter if it's an old photo. You see its face, it knows where you're at. Mhm. Mm and it'll find you, and it will kill you. Yep. It's a humanoid creature measuring approximately 2.38 meters in height. That's um. I'm not too familiar with meters, but someone could do the calculations most likely. Um, very little muscle mass, so they're very. The shy guy is very, very skinny, and like you look at him, you think, oh, this man may be about dead or something from starvation, but got extremely long legs, extremely long arms, and his jaw can, is like very, very open, and it can mm -hmm. open up to four times the norm of an average human. Like his his entire jaw. I, can, I, can I assume, assume it's probably four times the norm of a like a human jaw can. Yeah. But uh, you know, he basically looks like a very malnutritioned human, but very tall, very long arms and everything. But extremely docile. It's like every single cell very much indicates where it's being looked at like it's body's like a like it's a whole entire machine you look at it bam it knows that you're looking at it mm -hmm. <clears throat> run away hide scream even it will find you and it will kill you <laughs> we have scp-096 it's not a fuck going against that thing in secret laboratory literally the worst thing it don't matter like your eye if I was streaming this, I would have countless clips, and I'm have maybe <laughs> under ten hours of SCP-SL. I have I would have countless clips of 096 going mauling down Chaos Insurgency teams, MTF teams, like just fresh getting off the chopper out of the vehicle, just shredding and ripping them apart, and like yeah. the whole entire facility would be co literally compromised. Because he goes and breaks down every single door and everything. <laughs> because 096 is known to, like, he's a Euclid um, a class, pretty much, which is basically kind of in the middle, which is very ironic because Keter is supposed <laughs> to be, like, the deadliest. Or that, but I know most of the time, like, a lot of people tend to argue what class actually means because Euclid can basically kill and everything, but they may not pull, prove too much as a threat. Mostly because the containment is usually easier, I believe. Yeah. Almost consider, like, going back to Siren Head, like, his figure and everything is basically kind of the same as 096 and all that. And they're basically, like, kind of almost have the same behavior. Like, Siren Head's, um... Siren Head and 096, if, you, if they're unprovoked and everything, they won't really do anything. But if you provoke them, they get extremely violent. Yeah, except one's, like, screaming at you with, uh, four times 
human jaw, whereas the other one is faking your mother's uh, dead voice while using the radio broadcast sequence. Is there not six so literally just going to shred you apart yeah. while screaming? <laughs> oh man, it's like if you hear the cry in Secret Labs, you better fucking look down right away. I feel like that's, uh, you know, going back to what we talked about, the game, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's also something I really like that Secret Labs Incorporated. Mm -hmm. The fear of, like, oh, frick, I can't, like, look up. I can't, like, you know, I gotta get away, I gotta get away, I gotta get away. It's a lot less jump scary and more, like, tension, right? Mm-hmm. That's, exactly. that's actually, like, when it comes to a lot of horror games, like... Horror, basically, itself like with jump scares, it came too obvious sometimes the way people do it. Now it's the suspense is what pretty much gets you. You know if this thing's gonna kill you, and you know you can't do nothing about it. That's the moments right there where it's really scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For those, also another idea of SCP Foundation. Think cabin, uh, cabin in the woods, <laughs> where. And basically, it's kind of the same sense. They'll basically, like, you know, hoard all these monsters. They actually lock them away and everything and actually send test subjects. Like, there's actual lore and everything about SCP Foundation uh, making test subjects and everything to these monsters and basically feeding them to keep them alive so they can keep studying them. Yeah. That's why you have the Chaos Insurgency. Chaos Insurgency <laughs> and all that basically want to bring down the Foundation. You know, actually speaking of SCP, another very interesting fact is sometimes SCPs are living villages or buildings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember... Like, uh... I remember uh, reading this one, or watching this one video. It was about a... It's about a guy, he was sitting there driving through, he's like a director, movie director. He's driving through the desert, right? And it comes across basically like this old ass airfield and everything. There's like a few hangars and everything, but nothing's really too too deteriorated and everything. Everything's kind of fine. Well, he goes looking around. Most of the stuff's fine. And he starts hearing noises and stuff like that in one of the hangars. Oh my! <laughs> and then he you know he goes to investigate and everything. The hangar doors is wide open. He steps in right, mm -hmm. and he starts hearing a noise, but it's very pitch black. He goes, he turns on his light and he knows there's teeth, sharp mm. teeth and everything, like a whole entire mouth. And uh, the hangar door pretty much just closes right behind him. And, he, and basically like the floor starts slanting. So he's like falling down into where the mouth of the SCP is and everything. I can't remember exactly what number it was because a lot of the fandom tends to change the numbers around. But it's like, mm -hmm. uh, like sometimes SCPs can be like buildings and stuff like that. There's actually, uh, actually speaking of which, there's SCP videos like Overlord, Dollhouse, Ghost Town, and there's another one I can't. That's the one I. It's the one I can't remember the name of. But literally, like they go to investigate this uh, old Canadian bunker and everything, mm -hmm. and they're sitting there like there's basically this big underground body of water, and some of them go down to swim in. I was thinking it was going to be. Uh, SCP-3000, but it's kind of similar in a way. Yeah. Well, so they're down there and they're gathering samples and everything because they don't know what happened. Everybody basically dropped down without a trace. Well, 
came to find out the entire bunker was literally a whole entity itself. Oh. And basically, they were the virus. So basically, in a sense, they were the virus. And the and the oh. SCP was getting rid of them. So a lot of the people that were there and working in this facility, they got killed and everything. They're like mm -hmm. these zombie formats and everything. They're hunting down these uh, soldiers and everything. So the, the only thing they ever really left to do was block off the entrance and everything, and make and basically block off, making sure Noah goes down there and investigates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, actually, you know, it's, you were talking about. Go ahead. No, you go oh, ahead. Nothing. Uh, so you were talking about like SCPs that you know encompass like a whole you know like a building or something, right? Mm -hmm. This kind of reminds me of this one specific SCP. Uh, it's called O Death. I forget the numbers exactly, but do you know the story of O Death? I could look it up in just a second, but it sounds familiar. So, and like you know, a quick summary or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically a cave that once you go through it, you get transported to an alternative universe or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But the difference in this universe is that everything, from down to the you know the smallest you know bio molecule is dead like every single thing dead frozen in place not even decomposed it's all dead gray if you if you must imagine it somehow and you know this uh mtf squad is over here exploring it right trying mm -hmm. to find out what is causing these anomalous you know situations right yeah and you know they as they stumble around and trying to find like uh you know the origin of you know why everything is dead i believe they end up running into their counterparts and some notes left behind by them right before the uh end times as i guess i'll we'll call it and supposedly oh death is i won't call it like a virus but it acts like one in which it affects a reality and essentially works within that reality to kill everything like uh bringing the god of death uh, to a certain plane of existence, right? Mm -hmm. And from this universe, the same MTF, MTF squad that went in, their universal counterparts found the Cave of O'Death, went to it, explored it, and came back, unknowingly bringing the plague of death to their universe. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and before that... they could stop it, well, you know, that happened. <laughs> yep. And that's actually a, a very, very good comp complex, too, and everything. Because um, there's an actual, going back behind the lore as well, SCP is set in multiple universes. There's some universes to where, like, uh, a certain, I can't remember, it was like the God uh, Destroyer of Worlds was, like, contained. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to come through this door. And I remember watching mm -hmm. a video and everything about it and oh, yeah, so yeah. so basically like the destroy of worlds and everything is going through country and country killing destroying everything and basically like all the information and everything they have in that universe they're literally transferring into another universe to warn them saying hey this right. universe is closed off and everything yeah 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 you know you know interesting fact when it comes to like the uh scp foundation most of their uh knowledge and beginnings basically come around like World War II era and everything so that's yeah. like 
<clears throat> like you also gotta look look back like especially in World War Two, there's a lot of like theories of teleportation and you know stuff like that. Mm -hmm, which is kind of like where we see a lot of, uh, what do you call it? A lot of like, uh, macabre zombie influences, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like a weird comparison. Mm-hmm. But, you know, speaking yeah. of which, I want to go over some really fucked up, really fucked up SCPs. Hey, go for it. SCP-401, the evildoer, or also known as the palm tree, sometimes known as the human tree it basically is biologically and genetically a human but it's in the shape of a tree made of various human body parts now it's basically supposed to resemble a dead white uh, white dead dead white tree it's made of bone tissue separated by multiple vertebrae col uh, columns woven together by bone and tendons at the base of the trunk are human hearts that pump blood throughout the figure and the roots are uh, tipped with fully formed human mouths that include lips, teeth, jaws, and prehensile, prehensile tongues. These roots lead to a stomach which in turn has a spencer to remove waste. The branches are human arms with hazel eyes growing from every fingertip. During spring, uh, four women grow female gen uh, genitalia from its pawns which later transfer yes. into male genitalia before falling off. Now, I remember reading this because apparently, like, um, it is considered to be under, like, uh, control and everything, but it was discovered, like, the origins basically was discovered in France, looking up blood from the ground and everything. So basically, it has to be kept, new, given nutrients to keep surviving. But there's, like, a certain time period about this uh, SCP where no females are allowed to be near it because it will try to rape them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like you're talking like human tree. Yeah, that's definitely one of the messed up SCPs out there. And also while reading through this, SCP-401 had a heart attack at one point, but the dead heart was discarded and two more were grown in its place. Oh my gosh. This is like this is like some fucking uh the thing type shit. Yeah, exactly. Kind of reminds me of the uh, unkillable lizard in a way, I guess. You know, you lose one heart, you gain two others. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like uh, it's definitely one of the more iconic ones in SCP lore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know that while there's a lot of horror-based you know SCPs and whatnot. There's also the uh, joke SCPs, which are usually classified with hyphen J. And, you know, apparently some of them slip through the cracks from time to time. And, you know, we have masterpieces like SCP-5167, also known as When the Imposter is Sus. Uh, <laughs> also, well, uh, a question. What's up? Have you ever played the popular, widely spread a mobile and PC now going Switch and console game known as Among Us? Who hasn't? Exactly, right? So this SCP, as I mentioned, is called When the Imposter is Sus. It's essentially where this being, known as Fathonis, invades your game. And do you have the do you have the chat what it says? Chance? I think I have it here somewhere. 
when asked where he was, he tends to mention that he was there when the mountains were newborn and the oceans virginal. He was there when the gods walked among men and their wisdom was cast down like sunlight. He was there when mankind was capable of legends and now he says that he finds himself in a world that has forgotten even the taste of life, even the very concept of life beyond existing from one day to the next. More continuance where all the world is wasted away to idle play of emotions that once rang true. This is the being known as 5167, Pathonus, and when the imposter is sus. Which is just to say he's an Among Us player. <laughs> I still think Pathonus is Maddie. Yeah, Maddie is most definitely Pathonus. Brady is sus. Wow. <laughs> so, SCPs. Definitely something I recommend anyone, you know, look into more. Especially, I I feel like zero four nine, zero four nine. Yeah, the plague doctor. Yeah, actually, also another iconic SCP out there, along with Peanut. Mm -hmm. SCP zero four nine is contained within a standard secured humanoid containment cell. So I actually read a interview, a quote unquote recorded interview with SCP zero four nine, also known as some to, as the plague doctor. Now here is some characteristics about SCP-049. SCP-049 is not wearing any costume or anything. It is believed that the mask and the robes are actually skin tissue. Oh my. And it is very too much to believe if the SCP-049 touches you, you will die. Mm -hmm. And basically, according to SCP-49, it believes that there is a thing called the pestilence runs within deep of all of us and everything and the origins of also scp-049 actually do date back to the dark ages when the black plague and the plague doctor all pretty much was like very common scp-049 also has ways to uh reanimate dead beings under its hit under its will But SCP-049 is rumored to continuously try to find a cure for the pestilence that so amongst runs deep within everybody. Mm -hmm. But there's many theories of what the pestilence actually is. Is he talking about the bacteria that runs within our bodies? Or, you know, it could be just about anything. Because, like... There's still tests going on. SCP-049 can't necessarily be, how would you put it, examined and autopsied. They have to actually ask the being questions to find out what it wants, what it believes, and its knowledge. I feel like the most interesting part about 049 in comparison to the others is just this, you know, this uh, anomaly is very, very noticeably not only sentient but he's also an intellectual right like he knows what he's doing is what he's doing right he's obviously killing people but in his, his warped like mind is like he's not killing them he's like curing them right yeah he's making them like something he's making them free from this pestilence 
lot yeah, of people right. tend to believe that the pestilence is oxygen, which mm -hmm. does a lot of ways to really tell, but not many know how to really explain each. I read like some uh, theory that people say the pestilence that runs between humans is, you know, from zero four nine's perspective, is free will. That's why when he uh, cures them, they're zombies. They're not. They don't have a will of their own. They follow, you know, mm -hmm. instinct or something. You know, just something to think about, right? Mm-hmm. SCPs. SCP <laughs> itself. <laughs> no. Also, go, um, another interesting fact about the SCP Foundation is zero one, uh, as zero one SCP itself, or zero, zero, sometimes known as zero zero one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, ideas that uh try try to say what it is in a sense so basically uh there's scarlet king himself which is literally a demon king that will mm -hmm. take over the universe at one point there's one that's called it's called when day breaks so literally oh, yeah. so this one was actually really really fucked up especially when you read the story the sun literally like something about the sun changes and it starts killing people just through daylight and you know we do have to have the sun to also survive and grow food and everything well mm -hmm. the sun literally basically starts killing everything and it starts mutilating bodies like each body like starts coming together gooing everything like coming as one and like you'll just see like huge piles of mass humanoids all clumped up together chasing people in the caves and the darkness and uh research facilities and everything and that's what when day that's what is rumored to happen when day breaks is released upon the world yeah like you cannot you can't go out in the sun or anything literally the world would pretty much at that state would have ended it's really like one of those like what do you call it um like twists on like the natural world right we rely so heavily on the sun that when that becomes our enemy quote quote right it really turns our life in like an inversion right now we're fearful of the sun we can't like trust its properties because not only will it kill us it'll like mutate your own like your own being to some like you know <laughs> bad right how would you feel if you were disfigured and turned into a blob hostile um, uh, I don't, I wouldn't really know what to do, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'd just be there. You're just, you're just happy to be there? I just, <laughs> put me in a fucking box. Yeah, guys, don't worry, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a blob now, but, you know, I'm just happy, I'm just happy to be here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But also thinking, you know... As, like, you know, go back to be, being buildings, the sun itself, a demon king. SCPs also can be taken as the form of a duck. Whoa, a duck. <laughs> yeah, like a toy duck. You, and you know what the, the power behind it is? Mm. You, it's touch, you touch it, you have x-ray vision for a little bit. Ooh. You can see <laughs> basically through the eyes of another, in a sense. That, that sounds actually pretty awesome, yo. Yeah. I... 
I mean, like, you just touch a damn duck and then all of a sudden you're going quack quack. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, there's a lot to really, really go over, but, you know, you get I mean, the I idea. Know, I don't know much of, like, these scary stories. I'm just here listening. I mean, this is all news to me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for you, Azazel, I probably wouldn't even know half of the stuff that I know now about, like SCP or any of that. Yep. But uh, all right. So we're about to hit the hour mark. We're going to have our little ad break here, and everything. We'll definitely mm -hmm. get back and start telling some more stories. Maybe t talk more. Go back into creepy pasta or Silent Hill, possibly. It's really mm -hmm. a lot to go over, but yeah, we'll end this right here for just a little tiny break. So, catch y'all on the far side. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. And we are back. From our little ad break. Yes, sir. Alrighty. So, you know, kind of get back into business. Get back for that flow of stories. So... Really, like, when you there's a lot of all these fandoms Silent Hill fandom, Creepypasta, SCP, you know, there's fandoms of over fucking uh, DVD and you know, stuff like that. Like, they have their mm -hmm. own amongst the characters uh, that's like separate from the movies and stuff. But the thing is, horrors like are really, really, really good, spooky vibes. Yeah, is there, I feel like. You know, we talk about like, you know, spooky stuff in media, but have you guys ever had like any, you know, your own experiences with like spooky things? <laughs> I couldn't say the I couldn't say Bloody Mary the third third time in the mirror. I, c oh. I just I couldn't. <laughs> we even ha had bibles in our hands. Holy bibles, <laughs> and we're not talking like, you know, those little college or school ones. We're talking legitimately holy bibles in our hands. And we're sitting there saying Bloody Mary, and we get to the third one. I'm like, God damn it, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that for sure. No, no, I, I, you can I think, I think uh, mostly for me, it's most of my uh, spooky events happen in my dreams. Because it's mm -hmm. like, the way, so it may sound a little weird, but the way it happens is when I'm in my dreams, everything and I see in my house and everything is exactly what it is. The, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's the toaster, there's the microwave, there's the refrigerator in this spot and everything. And that typically, typically uses my uh, gen general behavior, what I do, you know, at a specific time late at night, I may go in the kitchen and stuff like that. I remember, and I still remember the same exact dream. I remember it was when I first started uh, going back to church and everything. Don't really do it mm -hmm. anymore. But I remember going inside, uh, like, like I was dreaming in my bed like I'm sleeping in my bed dreaming I'm in my bed and seeing like a like something just moving through the ceiling and you know and I'm, I remember not minding much about it and then I go in the kitchen and then as soon as I get to like past the refrigerator the whole house starts shaking and it's like this huge demonic voice just sitting there screaming at me Oh. And it was like it wasn't like it was like through my head, like everything was my head basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but uh, but 
like an awakened sense and everything I can't really remember at the seconds uh, I will say that there I've been having planned to uh, go to some spots there's like a place around me called the Dead children's playground oh what a nice it's, thing <laughs> yeah it basically like it's been a little pay playground it's been in the city since like 19 um, 10 and stuff like that and there used to be a lot of children that went there until the Spanish flu and tuberculosis basically swept through the southern states and killed a lot of them. Mm -hmm. <coughs> it's also a playground right beside of the cemetery, so. Oh, you know, just like a little cherry on top in the whole situation. Mm-hmm. We also had this old hospital, and a lot of people had rumored that it was haunted, but... It was mm -hmm. uh, very easy to get caught going inside because it was oh, in no. the middle of basically like a city block and everything. And more, more of the fact is the best dose and everything was everywhere, so you definitely didn't want to get that shit in your system. Yeah, for sure. What about you, old Ray Blast? Well, you know, besides, you know, you know, we're, I think, we're, uh, you know, where I'm situated in, you know, real life and all that stuff. There's a lot of, like, freaky stuff around us, right? Like, mm -hmm. we have, uh, you know, stories as old as the places, because my town is, like, really old, you know, in comparison to, like, probably most towns. At least that's what I think it is. So, there's, a, you know, there's a story plus a thousand, right? You could, like, go anywhere and find one. But I feel like the ones I had most personal was probably at Halloween night, of all things, right? Uh, and, you know... <clears throat> I like talking about this occasionally in my streams, because you know something fun to talk about, right? Yeah. But I feel like this one is just something that stuck has stuck with me even after you know years of it's happening. So to set the scene, it happened, and you know like I said, Halloween. It was Halloween night. We were nearing midnight, and of course you know being high schoolers, we really didn't have like a, you know like any set, you know. Oh yeah, guys, we're just gonna go you know hang out, talk, or you know we we wanted to like have fun. And being Halloween, we want to scare ourselves. Not just ourselves, but each other, right? So, yeah. we're out here. We're touring, you know, the general area where we, you know, everyone goes trick-or-treat. We're just, you know, vibing and such. Until we go past this road. And to put this in perspective, everywhere around us was pretty lit. Pretty well lit, you know? You know, it was like a, like a downtown city area, in a way. Except this one road. And it's not because, you know, it was an alleyway or anything. It was like a main road. But for some reason, this road was like, uh, it just wasn't lit in comparison to the others, right? So we were like, haha, it wouldn't be funny if we all went down this road, you know, just like nonchalantly and, you know, just, uh, keep doing our vibing session this way. And, you know, we all agreed, you know, it was like, you know, we didn't have anything to be rushing for and we just wanted to do something fun. And we keep proceeding down this road, just taking the darkness as around us until, you know, we come to the last, uh, you know, street lamp, right? And there's still enough road in front of us. Mm -hmm. But one thing that caught our eyes right away was the large cemetery to our left, as I mentioned, a little cherry on top. Uh, in this cemetery, it was full of like a, you know, it's an old town. So the cemetery was pretty well packed and. Ironically, it was open, which is something I noticed right away because every time I've seen this type of cemetery, Asia has like you know, like, a lock, like a big 
being locked or something, right? Preventing, you know, just anyone else from coming in. And so my friends noticed it. They pointed out and like, oh, you know, that's something. And we're just over here. We're just talking about like noticing the weirdness and the like. When we suddenly hear a few like uh, twigs, you know, I know this sounds like like cliche, but we heard like a twig, not necessarily a twig, but noises behind us. But of course, mm. you know, with it being only one street lamp and it's like near midnight area, pseudo far away from the whole town, we really couldn't make out anything. And, you know, within our fear, we didn't really have the uh, thought process of bringing out our flashlight. So in almost an instant, uh, we decided to run away, right? Two of us ran, two of us ran back to where we went, all the two of them. I don't know what their thought processes was, but they were almost, they were heading right into the cemetery, weirdly enough. And this is kind of where the story kind of falls apart, because I didn't go with him. I was one of the two that went back. <laughs> but I remember, like, uh, you know, meeting up, like, a little few minutes later, and uh, kind of, like, fear, like, you know, what the, what, what the fuck happened? Like, what was that noise, right? Yeah. Like, what, what was, you know, what was happening? But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's one of my, my own personal scary experiences. But you hostile. Are you talking about like real life events? Anything you experience or yeah? I mean, based on what you said, as well, I mean, I've been having some crazy ass dreams. I mean, I get like the same dream like over and over again. I mean, like it it's like a realistic dream. Like it's the same house, same everything, like same family. It'll be like, I'm in a zombie apocalypse and shit, and like the zombies are like killing me and stuff. It's fucking yeah, weird. I mean, that's really all. I really don't. I haven't really came close to like seeing uh, like a ghost or a spirit or whatever, so I can't really speak on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just get like these crazy ass dreams of like just me in a zombie apocalypse or something. I guess it's probably because I watch too much like zombie shows. <laughs> I don't know. It's like very realistic and it's very weird. Like it'll be like the people I know and everything. No, no, I, I got you. Yeah. I've had Maybe. one too many a dream of those. Yeah, it's like freaking weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it's, it's usually those dreams that you know not only involve you, but like people close to you, or, like you know in real life. At, like leaving the impact right like remember when i was young uh i had this recurring nightmare where there's like this giant ass like a uh, tree that was right outside my neighborhood and like uh in this dream it was like my you know my you know like my neighborhood or whatever of course you know there were some differences because you know you know young me couldn't really recreate the whole place within my head but i remember this stepping outside and like this giant tree kind of similar to one in the background or just like start coming at me with like uh you know like their spikes or whatever right and it kept reoccurring until like one day i had like a i dreamt of a chainsaw and like cut down that tree <laughs> of all things I, I cut down the tree and weirdly enough i'd stop having that dream so who knows me I, I killed like a i killed like a monster and it just you know disappeared yeah, I was actually, go, you know, actually thinking about that, you know, thinking of like horror and paranormal, supernatural and stuff like that. How many of like when you come to these monsters and stuff, mm-hmm. 
how many would thrive if the if the uh, the person they're trying to uh, instigate with and, and antagonize turns out to actually be courageous, you know, in a sense like that, and they're willing to really deal with you. Yeah, for real, right? It's like, uh, just imagine just sitting there playing Phasmophobia. If they put, like, some feature <laughs> in, you're sitting there uh, making uh, making fun of the ghosts and everything, and it takes it to heart. <laughs> oh, man, Maddie has some experiences with that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's for sure, right? Because, you know, sometimes you have, like, when you're watching a horror movie or whatever, your friend's like, yeah, I could take them on, right? I feel like a lot of times it's, you know, yes, you could, maybe. I feel like it's the fear factor of being in that situation at that time and that moment, right? That just kind of, like, discourages people from acting out, right? That's not to say everyone, but, you know, I feel like a general populace wouldn't, you know, be that way, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's basically natural instincts for fear and everything like that mm -hmm. because most of the time more reason for fear is because you don't know how to deal with that stuff yeah exactly and a lot of people's uh fear overrides like it basically just causes your whole body basically to shut down yeah 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 I'm trying to think of some disturbing stories of monsters I've read, especially in game lore. Oh man, that's, that's one too many in Bloodborne. Let's <laughs> talk about Spirit from Devil Daylight. It's actually one of the worst ones, actually speaking. So, Spirit? which one again? The Spirit from Dead by Daylight. I still remember her origin story. Oh, she's so the, she, uh... yeah, she's the one with the uh, sword and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know why she's actually cut up? Mm. That was her father cutting her body into pieces and everything. Oh my gosh. After her father <laughs> basically killed her, her mother and everything too, the same way. Because she was sick, and then her father killed, his, or killed her mother. She tried to fight her father, and then didn't work out, basically. She had cut up. Yep. I mean, even thinking, like, you read fucking Jason's origin story, it's actually pretty fucked up. Like, you kind of feel bad for Jason. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he, uh, uh, I'm not really deep into Jason more, but wasn't he basically, like, pushed and drowned in, like, an ocean or Like, a lake or something? So, so... Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. He wasn't a very smart kid. He had a lot of mental problems and everything in his human form. Basically, he was getting bullied and everything. They pushed him into the water and he drowned. And his mother was severely pissed about it because all the counselors would do, went looking over the kids or anything. They were just sitting there being too busy having sex. <laughs> wow. And, and that's basically what happened. So, his, so basically, there's multiple stories. His mother basically uh, was suing them taking them to court taking it like the town and everything I'm pretty sure and then someone killed her basically Oof. and there's another story saying that she was the one that killed them all on the first night she killed all the counselors and everything and the blame basically was like oh it was Jason okay. but um, that's really pretty much his origin story to when he go in the water and everything because he was coming up to exact revenge on it uh, for his mom and everything for them killing her <laughs> and also basically not doing anything to save him 
So that's basically all it is, because you watch the movies, they're also new counselors itself. Oh, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's one of those origin stories, like, you just, at the end of the day, you feel bad for the, basically the villain in that sense. Yeah, because, like, it wasn't even necessarily their fault, it was just, what do you call it? Like, uh, an outside force just happened to be there at the wrong time. And causing, you know, <laughs> this situation, though. So, uh, it seems that we have a new source of torture. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? B? Oh, yes, you. you're here, no? <laughs> oh, who, who am I introducing myself to? The podcast. Oh, sh I didn't know we were doing a podcast. Wow. Wow. Imagine asking to join and not knowing what you're joining. <laughs> Can't be me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Batty. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Texas. Um, well, you don't have to get that much information, but okay. Much wait, 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 since Maddie's here, can we just go through the fact of, like, cancel Maddie? Like, oh, yeah. So, uh, oh. yeah, can you, uh, hostile, give us the lore behind the cancel Maddie movement? He doesn't know oh. the lore. I know, <laughs> I know the lore because all of a sudden... Yeah, you know, this actually, this actually been very educational episode on spooky and horror stuff so yeah, so speaking of speaking of scary stuff we have maddie here with us yeah the anomaly fathanis herself hello spooky huh? do i need to give the lore behind my cancellation uh first let trey explain it. i think he has uh he's pretty well, well knowledge so yes. basically maddie here is uh an scp herself pathanis she's very mm -hmm. scary she has committed hum humongous amount of like human rights cr crimes against people and everything holds you against your will and drains the souls of her enemies yeah oh yeah oh she's not even, she's not even denying it oh no <laughs> I suck the souls out of my enemies that's what she's yeah. <laughs> So, Maddie, so on um, today's, you know, special podcast that you obviously knew about coming in, right? Right, right, right? So we're yeah. talking about scary stories and stuff, right? You know, not, not just on okay. the internet, but like personal scary stories. Do you have any that you that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? A personal scary story? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I don't, I don't, have, I don't really have a scary <gasps> Come on, everyone has that one dream, that one experience that kind of messed them up with it when they were a kid. Well, I don't really... Oh, no. Can you come back to me? <laughs> yeah, no worries. I need to really think about my childhood here. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. So, uh, as we were talking about, right? SCPs, uh, Creepypasta, and all that stuff. And then, you know, our own real-life stories. I think, definitely, uh, you know, not only our, you know, our own experiences, but also our environment, like, changes how we view things, right? As uh, I've mentioned before, I live in, like, a, like, a very old town that has, like, all these, like, you know, supernatural stuff, which, you know, really isn't, like, a, you know, people are, like, out there, like, oh, the supernatural isn't real or whatever. Well, in my place, you know, it's as real as the, the person across the street. 
because even if that person might be a ghost. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, environment def definitely has an impact on like horror and stuff, right? Because someone who might live in the, you know, like a very, what's it called, swampy area might have their own like horror-based things that come out of the swamp, right? And I feel like that's a lot of that's a lot of things where like cryptids and stuff come from, right? For example, uh, the Mothman in, you know, Virginia, West Virginia. Trey, do you know what the Mothman is? Yeah, the Mothman. There's a lot, like, there's actually a lot of people that actually think the Mothman was actually real at one point. Like, there used to be moths, like, used to be yeah, that yeah. huge. I mean, have y'all seen what a Luna Moth, the size of those things are? <laughs> I think they're really huge, huh? Yeah, they're bigger than the average human hand. <laughs> but yeah, like the Mothman is really like something huge that happened like the Virginia Lord so much that like uh, like there's actual statues of the what people think it looked like in like a what do you call it the town it came from, right? So we mm -hmm. also have like a more like a general uh, consensus, right? Like the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, and stuff like that. It just happened, you know. Really enough, are like around the world. Kind of makes you think, like, if there's so much occurrences of these like creatures around the world, as I mentioned, maybe there's like some credibility behind them, right? I don't know, just something to think about, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, you know, one person cries wolf. It might be a sheep, but two or three. Yeah, you gotta you have to get something to worry about. And even if they're all in on it, you know, that's enough voices to cause a stir. You think it's up? I think it's about time to read some dark stories. Ooh. Oh, oh! I figured out my my story. Oh wait. Go ahead. Uh, I'd say this was pretty traumatic or like scary when I was younger. I don't know about you guys, but. Mhm. Mm when I was younger, I had my first ghost interaction oh let's go <laughs> i was like possibly eight i believe at the time and with my mom's old job since uh with my mom's old job um i would go in with her sometimes and i went in with her and i was sitting in her office it was just her and i there that day and supposedly there was some type of ghost like a child spirit that would be kind of roaming the office oh. um, because of and it makes sense for what the building was because she was a social worker so it kind of makes yeah. um and there's like proof you can see uh the apparitions through the cameras and stuff will randomly go off but it was always in this child like in her waiting room like right next to her office um and one time i was sitting in her office and it was just me and my mom there and still to this day i'm not 100 percent sure but i think like the older i get it kind of makes more sense i was just sitting in her chair and then all of a sudden the chair kind of like jerked backwards mm. um and i was like oh my god and i was still small at the time so my feet couldn't touch the ground yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was leaning back, that could have caused it to turn back or something. But 
uh, something jerked my chair backwards, and it was only her and I in the office, and she was across from me. Um, and I think, I really think I had some interaction with that child ghost, because that was really weird for me, uh, just to have that random thing, and it, and it sticks to me, because I remember it vividly, but it was, it was really weird. No, I definitely, I definitely get that, yeah. Uh, I actually have another story kind of like that. I remember when I was, uh, you know, younger, like, you know, my elementary, middle school years, right? Um, I used to have, like, my aunt take care of us because my, my parents used to, like, work, you know, late night shifts and stuff. And, you know, obviously you can't leave, like, you know, middle schoolers by themselves. I mean, you can, but you really shouldn't, right? So we were with my aunt and she came to our house because, you know, it was raining and, you know, it was probably, like, dangerous to, you know, go out or whatever, right? So, you know, we were in our house, we were chilling. It was, like, getting close to night. It was a school night, so we had to turn in early for the night, right? So, we're over here sitting at 10 o'clock and, you know, the night. And suddenly, she says, she mentioned that the way our house is set up, uh, the parents' bedroom and our bedroom, or my, my siblings and I slept at the time, they're, like opposite like polar opposites right so she put us to bed and then went to the living room which is like right next to the master bedroom and she said she just you know she had this was before like smartphones like really like a big thing or whatever and she said she just you know stood there and watched some tv and stuff like that but she heard like a child's crying emanating from like below her which is like the first time I ever heard of that, right? Like, like, like you know, a child's cry because you know I lived here or whatever. But she says it was so like close to her, it was kind of like emanating, like uh, kind of like right below the entrance of the master bedroom. And I remember her telling her like us that it was so bad that she ended up like uh just moving over to her where we were stationed at and just staying there until her parents got home. I wasn't the one to experience it. But I can kind of tell, like, uh, and there, there's definitely something there, because over the years I've noticed, like, some, uh, some misplaced objects or whatnot. And then, you know, eventually kind of just stopped, but who knows? Maybe there was, like, a, a little child spirit, like, just, uh, trying to mess with us or something. Just something to think about, right? That's weird. <laughs> I think between, like, the whole paranormal thing, it's very, like, skeptical. There's a whole bunch of different beliefs, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I just find that stuff kind of crazy. Like, I, I believe that there's something out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, especially once you, uh, like, see it yourself, but it's always one of those self-doubting moments. Like, did I actually experience it, or was it just, like, my mind messing with me? Yeah, that's 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 for sure. Yeah, you never really know until you see it for yourself. And even if you see it for yourself, it's always that self doubt. Well, was it real? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> so Trey, you mentioned you had some dark stories you want to tell. Yeah, I got some pulled up right here. I can read out for the stream yes. and everything. Oh. All right. So this is it. Call it's called it stalks our land. It's Ooh. from. It's from darkstories.org. Hello. What I've going on has been occurring for a while now. I yet know what it could be. 
or if it's only just one thing. I live on this nice one acre of land, although we live on a busy road. The place isn't too bad though while the sun is up, but it only happens at night. Some nights we can hear, we can stay in our yard and listen to the night critters going about their business. However, others, everything inside you will yell at you to get inside the house. The feeling of dread and being watched is what mostly happens. Sometimes at 3am, you'll hear what sounds like something running around the house. For a while, our method was just ignoring it. There's so different experience both my mom and me had witnessed. Even my aunt that lived with us at the time had stuff happen to her. This, expe this experience with what stalks our land had happened recently, in fact, yesterday to my mother. We have two dogs, one full-grown terrier and one puppy pit bull. She was taking out our puppy and my other dog, watching from the window. She felt as she was being watched, she decided to turn around, and while she did, the oldest dog started to bark aggressively, and mind you, he has never been aggressive, not even while playing. As she was hearing him bark, she saw what appeared to be a black shadow orb charging her, and it was about to reach her, then she quickly turned back around and yelled, Leave me alone, you're not welcome here. After that, the oldest dog has no, has no longer kept barking. That once feeling of being watched was gone. A few nights before I had an experience that still shakes me to my core, I was coming back home from running to the gas station. I was scrolling through my phone while my truck was off, sitting in the driveway, I have no feeling of dread of being watched, so I thought I was, a, I was safe. Found out I was wrong. I heard what sounded like something crawling on top of my mother's car. I, without a thought, turned my truck on, roaring to life, beaming the light on my mom's car, and nothing was there. But to my horror, as I moved my eyes back and forth, seeing if I could see anything around my mom's car, I heard a noise behind me and a feeling of weight being shifted towards my truck bed as if someone or something was trying to climb in. Not even turn around to see what's back there, I put it in reverse and slammed my foot on the gas pedal. I soon I'd hit something in, but I hit nothing. Even if it did make it into my bed, me reversing would cause it to slam in my back window, but nothing. I left for a while, and when I came back, I didn't hesitate and ran inside. These are some of the more recent experiences, but there's more I might send because there's so much to tell about what stalks in this land. And that's that story. Let me yeah. see if I can f see if I can find another. That story actually reminds me of a couple, um, you know, stories my friend have told me over the years. I recently went on this little trip to you know uh, the outskirts of my state. Uh, and you know, while there, you know, we live, we were up in the mountains and whatnot, and that's when we started like you know being up in the mountains, so you know, dead at night. Sometimes you know you get the spooky vibes going through you, and you know, it being like October, of course, they were like tenfold, right? My friends one told us that because they live like near the you know the rural part of the state, and, you know, they come to our, they commute to our class and all that stuff. So they have experiences of traveling on the road. They one time told me that they had to stay like later than usual due to like some, you know, just some like, difficulties in class and like some club stuff and whatnot. So you know they're driving home like late, like probably it was like a like an hour commute or so. So you know they left at you know around seven and they're coming like they're on the road like around eight. Supposedly they they said, and um you know I'm quote I'm kind of like paraphrasing here that uh, you know the roads are already dark and such and you know sometimes the darkness can play eyes on like dark can play some games on your mind and eyes right but they 
suddenly saw like in front of in front of them like a couple like 20 feet in front of them like something just dart past the road right and the driver the one who's like you know telling us his story they told us that uh they didn't say anything right away because they didn't want to sound like a crazy person but their sister was like did you see that did you see that like do you see that thing just go right past them and i don't know the idea of like something hiding in the woods you know ironic because we have the woods as a background right now it, i don't know it just kind of freaks me out i guess because the woods are like especially at night they're just thick with darkness and you know as much as you try and spread some light into it that darkness just engulfs it and try you know takes it for itself and in a way like hides you away from everything Mm-hmm. I got another story as well that it's a little quick one I can read. Hey, let's go for it. This one's actually got some fear factor into it. Alrighty. <laughs> Back when I was a little girl, my mom had a boyfriend that's important to remember. So when we moved in with him every day, I would wake up with John, giant nail marks on my legs and back. My mom used to tell me she'd come to my room where I was laughing a lot to see what was so funny and I would tell her I was playing with Rose and Zach but the thing was there was no one there and this went on for a while one day or one night I woke up screaming bloody murder my mom and her boyfriend came in to see me bleeding from some very long claw marks all over my body but they weren't deep my mom's boyfriend who always believed in ghosts immediately called someone to come and investigate the house but now looking back I know he was someone who could see the dead and when he was done, he looked paler than snow, saying, There's something evil they won't hurt, he said, looking at me. But me being young, I didn't understand the time they weren't friends, they wanted me dead. But after a while, I moved out. I don't know what happened to that house or if anyone else has happened to them. That's pretty right. much that story. Y'all like, <laughs> like the little deep voice I tried to put. Yeah, sir. Yeah, no, like the idea of like it's just like some entity not only there to like kill you or like make your life a basically a living hell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to look for some more stories so we can read out and everything. A A A A. You know, you know what I find really weird. Mm-hmm. What's up? Um, going back into like the whole kind of like horror I guess like because it's all spooky stuff or whatever how how supposedly like demons can haunt objects or whatever yeah. I find that stuff really interesting um and if there's one thing you don't know about me is that I'm all into that whole supernatural like shows and all that stuff mm -hmm. um like I'll watch uh Zach Bagans and uh his haunted museum uh, show that he just came out with his haunted museum and like objects that he kind of goes over and I actually watched one yesterday and it was about like this rocking chair um, and supposedly this family from the UK had this rocking chair or whatever and uh, Zach Bagans ended up buying it back in 2018 and I guess this little boy uh, got this from whatever demon that was over 
Oh, you're you're breaking up. You're breaking up really bad. No. <laughs> I just gave it a second. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> All right, try again. <laughs> Is this any better? <laughs> Is this any better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if it breaks up again, I may just hop on my PC. Um. Oh dang! What was the last thing you guys heard? Uh, you said something about uh, a rock. Basically, this guy bought a rocking chair. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Zach Bagans bought the rocking chair. Um, but like the story behind it where there was a family and then the boy went up into the attic um, because something this demon was calling him to get this rocking chair up from the attic or whatever um, and he brought it back down to his room and then the boy ended up getting possessed by this demon that attached himself to this rocking chair um, and I guess it was really bad, to the, obviously, to the point where they had to do an exorcism. Um, but then again, after that, more, apparently more demons came, um, because they had some attachment, not only to this rocking chair, but to the boy. Um, mm. and the possessions never stopped, and they kept coming, like, over and over and over again. Did you get rid of one demon, and then another one would come? I don't know. I just find all those stuff so, like, interesting. Oh, for sure. And, uh, I imagine you just living your life, I guess, in the state of possession, almost near constantly, right? Yeah. Just, like, a constant, everyday thing, but <laughs> it was bad to the point where, like, apparently they would try to get... The demons would try to get the boy that like kill people and he would do satanic like rituals in the attics and it was really weird oh my no I, I don't know what I'd do in that situation I think, I think I'd cry I most definitely I think <laughs> you know speak no I actually got a good decent little story right here it's called how I met a demon Ooh, how, uh, next segue we got in here alright Let's go. All right. This is also again from darkstories.org. Uh, <clears throat> so just the author speaking. This is a true story about when I met a demon. Yes, I actually met a demon. It was the most frightening experience in my life. This was no dream or astral experience. It was real life. For context, university I was attuned at the time had a prayer room that you can go to and pray if you're a Muslim, Christian, or any religious faith you may be. It's like a quiet room or a little designated vacancy where anyone can either pray, have a moment of silence, meditate, unwind, or just get away from the stress of the day and relax. The only type of person who keeps themselves not really critical or judgmental about people. I don't really look too, too far into what other people are doing around me. In other words, it's just my own business. I'm not superstitious whatsoever, more logic-oriented. I like to think there's a proper reason behind everything, but that's just the way I am. Just a little something about me, I have more bearings without the story. Now, I typically don't have a good memory of things, but on this day, I remember it all too well for yesterday. It's super vivid in my mind, and every time I think about it, I get chills down my spine of what took place in this particular moment. It was so frightening. It's literally seared into my brain for the rest of my life. Though I remember every detail is cl uh, crystal clear, 
It's a feeling of indescribable terror that sticks out to me more than anything else. It's my first year at uni, and that day I wanted to find out where the prayer room was located. I asked another student where the prayer room was. She told me it was on the third floor down at the end of the hallway to the right. When I discovered that area had a really nice inviting atmosphere. There were no chairs or tables. It was neatly carpeted little room that was nice and quiet. I must explain this little detail because it's going to be important to the story now. When students will go to the prayer room during the prayer periods, it will usually just a small number of people who sit on the carpeted floor and do their prayers and leave. No one really hung around there for too long. Now the story continues. It was about my second week at uni. I went to get me a sandwich and a drink in the lunchroom, but it was so loud with the amount of other kids chatting and making a ruckus. I did not recognize anyone that I knew. I did not want to feel awkward sitting there by myself. Besides, I couldn't even hear myself think because it was so loud. So I decided to take my food with me to try to find the prayer room, get soon through my homework and most important paperwork over there. I left that lunchroom and made my way down to the adjacent wing to the stairwell and ascended through the first two floors as usual, like normal. But as I reached the door floor, everything was super quiet. I was just taken back by the silence, and the entire segment was completely empty. There were no classrooms or anything in that area, it was completely and totally scarce. I quietly made my way down the hallway, and there was at the right with a nice little door walking through and looked around exquisitely. It was a very neat, quiet little room with a beautiful rug and nice little bookshelf. Mind you, this was during prayer period, so no one would have been anywhere around this area at the time. I went in and sat down with my things and took in the solemn stillness for a moment, appreciating the silence. After I say around five minutes of sitting by myself and walks this girl looked like an average university student. She was very pale, light skinned and complexion, but nothing particularly conspicuous about her. Not alarmed at all, I took a brief notice of her entrance and continued my paperwork. She sits down adjacent from where I was sitting now. Because of the room was structured and how it small it was, that's not the first part where I chose to sit if there's a person sitting where I was. I was more expecting her to sit somewhere across from me where there's more space, but nonetheless, I didn't really notice or care. After a few moments, me and her, me and her started to chat casually about normal things like classes, particular studies and courses, things of that nature. As we were talking, she slowly yet subtly started moving closer and closer to me, eventually to the point to where her knees were almost touching, sort of diagonally across. It was then she asked me for help with papers she was having trouble understanding. Me having a generous heart, I said, sure, we need help with. She showed me that it was that she needed more clarity on. And as I explained to her, then that's when something anonymous started happening. It was just the two of us alone on the third floor of this building in a small, quiet room and had not felt the least bit threatened by this rather skinny, pale, normal-looking girl who was about the same height as me, neither I've gotten any odd fights from her until this moment. It was literally the scariest and strangest thing ever. It's really hard to explain how this happened. Normally while I'm trying to explain or talking about something to someone, I would usually expect some kind of feedback like a simple yeah, uh-huh type of gesture. But as I was explaining this paper to the girl, all I heard was silence. As I looked up for the paper to see if she understood me or was confused about anything I was saying, the expression on her face would be this utterly aloof. Her eyes pierced right through me, almost into my soul. My first thought was that she must have some sort of mental condition and just kind of zoned out, but that thought instantly disintegrated as I frantically addressed her while trying to sound as calm as I can because I was starting to sound gradually unsettled. I said to her, do you get it? Is everything okay? There was absolutely no response from her whatsoever. She just sat there with a sort of half smile gazing into me, not saying a word. Then her eyes shifted subtly in a way that caused her cold expression and demeanor to exude an aurora of absolute pure evil, like there are no words to describe it. 
looking to her eyes was the files looking to the depths of hell. This feeling of unadulterated terror began to encompass me as I was starting to freak out inside like I was having an internal mental breakdown. I was completely frozen with shock and fear as I've never known. I was paralyzed with such extreme fear I couldn't bring myself to move a muscle. Her eyes grew larger as this demonic scowl formed on her face. I knew that I needed to leave at once. My heart was starting to feel like it was swelling up in my throat as tears began to fill my eyes from the amount of sheer terror I felt. Though I didn't cry yet, I couldn't move because I was so scared, but I had to get out of there. I knew that I was alone on the third floor and that no one in the hall would be able to buffer me from her diabolic fixation, which made my soul scream inside me, breaking me down all the more. I was shouting internally at myself to leave because I didn't know what would transpire next. She was saying something I couldn't make sense of, but I didn't care. I just wanted to get away from her, trying desperately to will myself to move, and I was panically, panicking internally. Honestly, I've never felt so alone in my entire life like that I was in that moment. The pure, absolute dread and such primal sense of evil was so thick in the atmosphere, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. And somehow, out of nowhere, she goes back to normal and tells me she's going to use the restroom as if nothing happened. Back to her mundane, bubbly self, the girl then left the room. However, the feeling of sheer terror was still present as I knew that this ordeal was not over. My gut was shouting, telling me it was my final chance to escape because I didn't get myself moving at once. What was come with it minute moments would be nothing short of devastating. In a rush of fierce desperation, I managed to burst out of my petrified condition. My heart sank as I noticed that a lot of things were still on the floor. With sheer desperation, I frankly started cramming my papers, my laptop, my food, and all my other belongings in my bag without order. I didn't know exactly how long this took, but it felt like this task was taking me forever to finish. The degree of imminent danger I felt was grave. I was seized by such trepidation and dread. I felt like I was going to vomit, and my hands were trembling uncontrollably. Almost to the point of hysteria, I prayed hellaciously that the girl would not come back before I left that room. I was almost finished packing my things as bright as I was about to stand up. Then she's there, she was walking slowly towards me. My heart nearly stopped as I noticed her, and a thrill of impending doom surged me as time itself seemed to stop completely in that very instance. Like that moment you experienced just before you think you'll meet your timely end within the next second. It was by far the most awful feeling I ever experienced in my time life. I seriously want to cry just from remembering it. So, I experienced that thrill of independent doom as she was walking slowly towards me, still not saying a word whatsoever, and that hellacious, dreadful, demonic scowl was on her face again, like before, where eyes piercing through me, except this time, she was standing, which made her whole countenance astonishingly more terrifying than before. However, I also noticed that she was completely drenched from her head down to about her midsection to what soon was water tripping from herself. I didn't understand this, but I had no time to analyze it. I didn't want her to see that I was in such desperation to get away from her while try trying to slowly slow myself down, but keeping a steady pace and hiding my trepidation as best I could, and at all costs of trying to avoid eye contact with her, or else it could spell disaster. If I let myself slip up even a little, or even lock onto her eyes for even an instant, it would mess me up where I would completely fall apart, and then I don't know what would happen to me after that. At this point, she's almost standing over me with my utmost intestinal fortitude. I ignored her odious behavior, including the waters dripping all over me from her drenched frame as much as I could, and I finished packing my things. I experienced the petrifying heaviness of dread, continued to force myself to move as I arose and hesitantly walked past her, expecting her to strike me down and tear me to pieces at any moment. 
I felt her ghastly presence behind me and her gaze piercing into me as I drew closer to the door, but I didn't look back no matter what. These were the most painstaking and gut-wrenching moments of my life and they seemed to drag on and on. I finally made it to the door and walked through, but the hallway seemed like it was three times longer than I remembered. It was such a long walk, I wanted to run so bad, but that would have given me away and I didn't want to see how afraid I was of her, so I kept walking, still feeling her menacing glare behind me as from afar as the distance between us extended more so. And I finally made it to the stairwell and through the door, I bolted like a gazelle. To this day, I don't know how I made it down those flight of stairs without tripping and laying on my face from the way I ran. I ran until I was finally around the other students in the hustle and the bustle of crowds where I felt a little more safe. I just sat down somewhere in one of the main rooms. My hands were still trembling from an ordeal while in my confusion. I was trying to process what the hell just happened. Although I felt much safer around the other students, I still didn't feel completely secure in my surroundings, so I kept walking. I wanted to walk all the way home where I complete, felt completely safe and forget about what just happened to me moments ago. Somehow, I feel like there was a higher power watching over me that day, protecting me, preventing that being or whatever it was from harming me, pursuing me on my way out, because I don't feel like I should have made it out of that situation. It was that feeling of absolute terror and dread that stood out to me more so than anything that day, but her eyes, I will never forget as long as I live. They were so hellish and full of utter malice and horror. They were beyond frightening. There are no scary movies horrific enough to depict what I saw in that girl's eyes or the terror that I experienced then for that matter. I don't even like to watch paranormal films because I believe there's real evil out there in the ethers and they can even take on the form of a physical person which is so frightening to even think about. I attended that same university for three additional years and I never once seen a girl, that Pacific girl again. I even went back to that same prayer room many times and I haven't seen her since. I wonder if she even went to university. I won't even wondered who she was but I never saw her again. And that's it. Alright. That actually gave me like goosebumps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know how I, how I act. I feel like I'm well, like, the MC, and I definitely had. Yeah, that's why I was saying. That's why I was saying earlier that it could be suspense, horror, whatever. The only true terrifying, scary moments is when you know for sure you can't do nothing to fight back. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> Oof. Yeah. But, oh, uh, this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely took the, some energy out of me reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was well done, though. That was well done. What about you, Hostile? You got a little quick story for us to read or something you want to make up? Nah. I don't nah. have any story. I mean, unless if you guys want to give me one, I don't. I don't really. I mean, to be honest, I. You guys are gonna hate me. I hate Halloween. <laughs> wow. What? Wow. Yeah, I kind of. I did. I mean, I don't. It's not that I hate it. I just. Uh, I just don't like scary movies or any of that. I mean, I I enjoyed the uh, stories you guys are telling though. They're pretty dope. <laughs> that happens. I that mean, happens, I just wait till you get PC and you're playing Phasmophobia with us or something. Speaking oh. of which, yes. Mon Speaking of which, Monday comes out the Nightmare DLC and two new ghosts. Ooh, let's I'm go. excited. You said Monday? Yeah, Monday. Yes, we know um, Monday. Monday. <laughs> yeah, now we know what we're doing on Monday. Pretty much the whole week because my pre like I'll probably still be busy with college and stuff that day, but 
Uh, I know that's what I've mostly been kind of doing today and mostly going to be doing tomorrow and Monday itself, but after that, this whole next week, I'm basically Gucci for a long time. But, uh, you know, I'll get getting back to the topic and everything real quick. So, uh... No, I was just saying that apparently they added a game on the Game Pass that's kind of like uh, Phasmophobia, apparently oh, called Visage. V Visage Ooh. or whatever. Yeah, Visage, Visage or, so, or something like that. Yeah, I was looking. That's at actually it. a really terrifying game. Like a lot of people, a lot of people that's played Phasmophobia even said that game is scarier. Oh. Yeah. See, my, that my... No. Oh. <laughs> we gotta realize most horror games are not really multiplayer. Yeah. My friends thought it would be a, a great idea to go ahead and bring me to a haunted house on oh. the 5th, but it's the 13th floor haunted house, which is like the one where they can like do whatever, you have to sign waivers. Mm. <laughs> um, and they want me to do the the night one, like the complete dark one, uh -huh. and it's gonna be a group of friends, and the only light source you have is one glow stick, and oh I God. am terrified, and I don't want to go, and apparently they can take that from you, oh. and then you would have to finish it in the dark, and I really don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. I have to. Pennsylvania. Carry oh, crucifix. There's one in Pennsylvania. It's like you're, you're like in a prison, and the whole prison is just like a big like haunted house. I, I, I think Ohio, Ohio has a state prison that's like that. Yeah, like I the haunts. I don't do that. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> the only I mean, I went Louisville, Kentucky the has the Louisville, Kentucky has the most haunted uh, saint asylum. Oh, that's true. Uh, I don't know about Texas, but all I know is that we have the Goatman's Bridge. Oh, the Goatman! Yeah. yeah we Goatman's have the Jersey Bridge. Devil. That is true. Actually, you the, see the South. The South's got really a lot of weird stuff, technically. Mm -hmm. Um, like the I said, the, I have the Dead Children's little playground near me. North Carolina has a spot to where no soil or any plant can grow on. Mm -hmm. And uh. There's a lot of bridges, like you said, there's a lot of bridges and stuff around us that's usually terif uh, terrified and everything. But it's not only in like horror and everything, there's a lot of places like you'll, like, when you're sitting there going through even through the woods, especially sometimes in the south, you may come across like fucking just weird people just so out of touch with civilization. I know up north. There's the it's like a urban legend with like the the, the deer. The Wendigo. Yeah. Oh god, it's Algonquin folklore. It's mostly around New York and Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know in New Jersey there uh there's a well they call it the New Jersey Devil. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's like a he's like it's like a flying devil, but I don't know. It's, I've heard devil. about that. Yeah, actually uh Iron Daddy and I counter. We did like a whole deep dive and I had, to me the Jersey Devil was one of the few that actually like stood out because like like just like the accounts of it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely something to like look deeper into. But also uh, the images they gave us were funny, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs>
it looked like a goat with wings, like the little images that gave us, but I have seen like other depictions and those are a lot better. But no, the Wendigo, the one that Maddie brought up, I feel like that's, that's definitely something that, you know, you hear about, but don't always necessarily know about. Trey, do you know, you know how to explain the Wendigo? Those who may not know. Me, like there's many depictions itself of the Wendigo. Mostly, the biggest thing it's like a deer person itself. But there's some that it's like it's very skinny, like let's say Siren Head and on the zero nine six type skinny. There's mm -hmm. some to where it's like you look, think of the Witcher, think of the shorts and the uh, the other big antler monsters. or some depictions that it's like one of those. Like it's many depictions of the of the Wendigo itself, but one thing is uh, that's very common very skinny long claws and it has a insatiable hunger yeah and it's uh, especially like scary it's like uh, um, you know if they're even dating back to like you know, before you know uh, the Europeans come up here of like this creature and stuff like that, right? Uh huh. And like, these things can get really graphic. <laughs> like, stories of like hearing like someone you know like speaking to you, or like hearing the voice of an animal, like just, uh, you know, outside, just like uh, waiting for you or something like that. I don't know. For me, it definitely is those type of horror where like, you, you fall into a, a trap of, uh, what do you call it, identity, where you believe you think you know the person, only to find out this person is not who they say they are, or for that matter, what you understand of reality is getting warped by an entity beyond your control, in a way. Yep. Selfie something think about actually speaking about that have you ever delved into like any analog horror stories like uh local 58 gemini entertainment um theater or the the new one like people are talking about mandela catalog no so uh for a quick explanation of what those are essentially they're a series of like quote-unquote found tapes of sorts right and mm. these found tapes essentially you know they're analog because you know they're found tapes or whatever but the detail like a series of events like or like a series of things i kind of like uh mess with the world right like in local 58 there's a series of like a uh, news broadcast television shows or something like that that you know uh, with, i guess going to spoilers basically dictate how the moon and you know it's having like an adverse effect on humans to the point it's basically like mind controlling them and such right and it's like this super like surreal sort of environment that these analog car stories like you know depict the mandela effect kind of does the same like not mandela effect that mandela catalog volume one yeah you, there are these things called the alternative like the alternates right which you know it can be uh there's like three types there's type one which are called the doppelgangers which are essentially you know what it says they're like uh an alternate like uh being that tries to mimic someone else right and you know 
they're really close to doing that, right? But then there's type two, which is called a detectable, which you know it's its own class. It's, it's kind of like uh, you kind of have to watch like the first video of that. It's freaky. Definitely recommend. But there's type three, which in my opinion I feel like is like the freakiest one of them all. They're actually their name, their actual type name is is redacted, but essentially, and the basis of a type three alternate is that they try to mimic someone. But they have like a huge uh, disfiguration in how they mimic someone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the face might be ex like a, uh, extruded, it might they might have like an overly sized hand, or they might even be like the features inversed or reverse or lacking thereof, right? And I feel like it's that type of like a body horror, like. You know, seeing someone without a face walking around that I feel like really changes how, uh, what do you call it? Really, really gets you at that, uh, primal, uh, fear instinct, right? I don't know, maybe it's just me. And I, maybe it's just, I just hate seeing people's faces, like, skewed. But it, it, when I first saw that, man, did I, uh, did I feel like I was gonna have nightmares that night? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want to bring up a story. Um, it's not really a story. It's like a, it's basically just an an urban legend that I kind of grew up with when I was in Wisconsin. Um, so we have our own kind of legend of like this monster called like a hoedeg. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's basically like the story behind that. It's from. Where is it from? Let me see. I can't forget. Um, give me a second. Oh, it's from Rylander, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, basically, what this is is it's it, it says according to legends, and I'm pulling this from National Cryptid Society because I was trying to figure out, remember it. Um, it. The creature was originally an ox that aided the local lumberjacks by dragging the large logs that they cut out of the forest, and then when the ox died after many years of hard work, is reincarnated as the vicious Hodeg. Uh, they say that this transformation was the result of the ox burning anger at uh, being worked like a slave in the life, um, and apparently... Um, after it turned into a monster, it began to, like, kill either the local lumberjacks or kind of, like, their animals or whatever. Um, and apparently after that, more oxen were eventually transformed that now uh, supposedly a whole bunch of these hodags are now lingering in the Rylander forests. And um, it's just, like, a huge tourist attraction we have up north. Um so I kind of find those interesting when you have like state little urban legends or whatnot. But apparently it has like a, a where, where does it describe it? Like a head of a frog. Oh. Uh, it has a head <laughs> of a frog, the face of an elephant, and the back of a dinosaur with huge claws and a long oh, tail tipped with spears. Here, let me send you a picture <laughs> of this of the uh, statue we have here. 
That's actually kind of freaky. Like, imagine seeing that, like, in the woods or stuff. And apparently they're, like, really small. Uh, oh. apparently. But this is, uh, this is the Rylander, uh, Hodag monster. No. Yeah, that's definitely freaky. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine a whole bunch of those just running around. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, like, freak out or something. Yeah, I'd heard that. I think I'd scream and run away. <laughs> <laughs> like you scream and like guys guys look what I found and they just wanted like a body of a frog or a head of a frog and a <laughs> body of a dinosaur what were you on <laughs> right like Maddie would I like that too much oh wow turning into a frog oh, oh. I love frogs I, I wouldn't mind but I don't think I want to go around killing people as like a half frog half elephant half dinosaur looking thing I don't have any, like, rage or revenge on people in the afterlife. I guess you, you never know until you know, right? <laughs> right, right. Maybe there's just, like, this one person in eventually in life, right? It's hostile. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I really want to turn into a hoedig just to scare the living out of hostile. Yeah, it's because all this uh, cancel Maddie propaganda that he's been spreading, right? Oh my god, I don't even get... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him and, him and his little lieutenants over there. just trying to cancel me for no reason. There's no, always I, a reason. I have nothing to do with any of those kids. There's a big reason we just won't go into it right now. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, though. Oh shit. Alright, so it's been a long two hours, been fun as well. But we're about to conclude this whole Halloween special. Nice, I to yeah. I totally should ha should invest in getting a stick and a little trash can lid so I can make thunder <laughs> noises. That'll be funny shit. But uh yeah, as we progress to a close conclusion of this episode, one shout out for a little bit. So, Reloads definitely got a lot of projects going on and everything. Starting to work on our old VPN. I know most of y'all probably heard about CyberSmart and everything. I'm still get, trying to work with them and stuff like that. But, Reloads for sure, is, we're working on our program and everything, but there's no set deadline of when this will come out. But also want to give a little insight of something that will be coming out uh, involving Valorant. And it's going to be really, really special. We'll just keep an eye on our socials and everything. Y'all got any other endpoints, guys? Um, I just want to thank, you know, both Maddie and Hostel for joining us. You know, it was nice having them on the special, you know, talking about their own experiences and sharing their own stories. No, like that. I mean, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> a part of the Reload studio and stuff. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I gotta actually thank Azaz for letting me be a part of this. I mean, <laughs> you guys are cool as Are you? Yeah, who uh -huh. are you again? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? Got any last inputs you want to put out or anything? Oh, don't give me ideas because I can just ramble on for hours. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, not really. I just also want to, you know, thank you for. I I know I just randomly popped in, but it was really fun. Um, but thank you for letting me take a part of this podcast. Yeah, oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really mm -hmm. fun. 
But uh, oh, sure, what about sure. you, Ray? You got any last inputs? Um, you know, uh, I want to give a little quick thanks to you know the viewers and all that stuff. You guys are the ones who you know help you know make this like podcast a dream and all that stuff. So I used to make this like you know fun doing right. But also a quick little note about res and stuff. Uh, we're working hard. We're still working on our projects. We've been giving out lots of info. You can see some dev streams from you know the devs and our and you know our studio and stuff. And we're hoping you no, know, we'll we'll get our progress out there. And you know, thank you guys for basically joining us on this journey and you know game development and you know development in general. So thank you guys. And thank you for staying with us, even, you know, all the times. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's going to conclude this episode. Keep an eye out for any other specials the rest of the year. But remember, Season 2 will start on New Year's. We'll be going over game news that will be going over in 2022 and everything. And that's going to be a very, very big year if y'all remember our episodes from this year. <laughs> But don't forget, Forza Horizon 5. Um, I'm not too sure about PlayStation exclusives, but no, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, Battlefield 2042, GTA. and Halo Infinite. Yes, that's it. That's what. It, that's what it is. Uh, it's been announced that GTA Trilogy rem uh, Definitive Edition, San Andreas Vice City, and 3 will be getting remastered. That's freaking exciting. <laughs> mhm, mm indeed. So I'm yeah, just keep an eye. You're out and I out and everything for our Twitter at, at Reload ENT Studios. Mm -hmm. If, uh, if y'all are listening live and everything, y'all can check in our bios and everything and also be on Anchor. But appreciate all y'all coming by. And that would okay. be it for me. I said, Lego, thank you for stopping by. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.